We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everybody and welcome back to no other pod another episode our first episode after sporting kc has been eliminated from mls cup playoffs i'm jimmy mack uh dan kuzer is going to join us here shortly he's a little late getting off work so we're going to go ahead and get started with me he'll call in and join us in just a bit so go on ahead and jumping right in uh as we all know sporting kc fell at the hands of the Houston Dynamo 1-0 last Thursday night at BBVA Compass Stadium. The fourth straight year, Sporting KC has been knocked out in the first round of the playoffs on the road. Uh, Not how any of us wanted the season to end. Not how uh, Sporting KC envisioned the season going when they started out the year. Uh, They always talked about how getting that first round by, or at very minimum, Getting a home knockout round game was crucial for this season. Um, we all know that you know they lost to the Seattle Sounders last year on the road uh, with a controversial, uh, some controversial calls from the referees. Um, and then no one needs to be reminded about uh, the the penalty shootout in Portland a couple years ago. Um, again, this one going into extra time. Um, Albert Ellis. Uh, finding goal in the 94th minute. So right after extra time started, um, Sporting KC was, was really never able to, uh, to do much um, after that. Um, I mean, this is going to sound similar to a lot of other Sporting KC losses as of late. This isn't going to be news to any of you. If you start looking at the stats, Sporting KC possession, 62.1% of possession. Sporting KC shots, 22 shots to 20 for Houston. So they're getting shots off. Sporting KC only was able to get six shots on target. Granted, that was one more than Houston at five. Um, to to the, the defense's credit, uh, they, they played fairly well. They, they, they shut out a very dynamic Houston attacking side for uh, a full 90 minutes. Andrew Dykstra and goal played pretty well. Um, Obviously, coming up with, with six saves uh, for for the injured Tim Melia. Um, you know what? What can you say other than this comes down to to some of the same issues that Sporting KC's really been dealing with all year, which is the inability to find the net, the inability to score goals. Um, this isn't something that's new 
to, to 2017, um, this is the same problems that, that this team's been having, unfortunately, for the last couple of years. Um, getting lots of shots, not getting a ton on goal, um, and, and the ones that are on goal really not testing the keeper very much at all. Tyler Derrick um, played well, but uh, he uh, he didn't have to have the game like he had a, a couple weeks ago when he was at Children's Mercy Park and played the game of his life. Um, you know, a lot of the saves were, were, were fairly comfortable for him, um, and you had the feeling that as soon as this game got into extra time, it, it wasn't great for Sporting KC. Um, Houston has been phenomenal at home all year, so you're already nervous. Uh, they're 12-1-4 in the regular season. They only lost once at BBVA Compass. Um, so not not a great feeling going into this one, especially the way Sporting KC limped into the playoffs, getting only two points from their last five games of the year. Um, that That's just not the way that you want to go into a knockout round of the playoffs. Um you know, there's a lot of questions that I've been seeing. You know, obviously fans are upset. They have all, all sorts of hot takes. Uh, emotions are running high. A lot of people wondering, you know, hey, maybe we maybe we shouldn't have traded Dom Dwyer. That's that's something I saw a lot. Um, you know, I, I've been an advocate for a while that, you know, that's a trade that, that you had to make from a business point of view, um, which isn't really what fans want to hear after you've just been knocked out of the playoffs in the knockout round for the fourth year in a row. Uh, and I totally get that. Saying, hey, this makes good business sense doesn't make this, us feel any better. Um, and honestly, if, if I truly believe that Dom Dwyer still being on this team would have helped us get through this knockout round, then then yeah, I'd say, look, I get it. $1.6 million in allocation funds is a lot of money. Um, but but if keeping Dom gets you past that hump, then then I, maybe you got to consider it. I don't know if, if people are going to agree with me or not. And hey, if you don't, feel free to tweet me. Let me know. I'm happy to have discussions about this. I don't think Dom being on this team actually would have made a difference. I don't think that it would have helped. Um, Dom only had five goals for Sporting KC and one assist in uh, in his time here this year. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I believe he played about 17 games for, for Sporting KC this year. Um, found them at five times. He only ended the season with nine goals and, and I think 26 or 27 games um okay so yeah he, he played 15 games for sporting kc this year uh, started 14 of those scored five goals um it's it's hard to swallow but he just hasn't been the same player since since 2014 and to be honest diego rubio's uh goal scoring rate is is about the same um i don't think that the dom trade is the reason that this happened um I also think that Diego Rubio is not the answer going forward in the future. I think he's a fine player. Um, I think I don't think he was a downgrade necessarily over Dom's form this year. Um, he had, you know, six goals in in 16 games played, only 11 starts. Um, he had about two, 250 less minutes played than Dom, so he actually scored more goals and less minutes for for Sporting KC, but. We, Dan and I mentioned this on the pod before, you know, the with with the center backs that they're going up against in this league, the, you know, big physical center backs, um, and and the style of play that Sporting KC's really been playing as of late, uh, you know, Dom and Diego really aren't aren't the the types of, of strikers that this this team needs. Um, they could really use a big, tall, powerful center back who can stand up against the you know 
the large center backs of MLS who can who can earn the ball, hold it up, uh, make a turn, uh, fire a shot. Um, you know, we mentioned Fernando Adi, and, and, and he's been a, a little hurt as of late. He might not even actually come back in 2017 this year, from what I've been reading. Um, but a player of, of his style, someone someone like Adi, Josie Altador, um, heck, even you know Kai Kamara was was kind of that way, a, a larger physical presence. Uh, I think that Sporting KC has to make that a number one opportunity, uh, excuse me, a number one priority going into the offseason this year. Um, you know, they, they kind of rebuilt their, their offensive attack um, on the wings this, this offseason. They brought in Gerso as, as a DP. They brought in uh, Latif Blessing. Um, they called up Daniel Shalloway, who, congrats to Daniel, by the way, he actually just got called up to the uh, Hungarian U21 national team for the first time. So, um, you know, he's, he's got a bright future ahead, both on an international level and a club level for Sporting KC. But for all of the focus put on attacking pieces, bringing in wingers, um, you know, grooming someone like like Daniel Shalloway, who's a little bit ahead of schedule, to be honest, um, it, it didn't really get us anywhere uh it it in fact it 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 got us nowhere um we sure sporting kc won another u.s open cup which is fantastic it's their fourth cup in six years and that accomplishment should not be diminished whatsoever um but as fans you know it, it does get a little bit old a little bit frustrating to see us continuously get knocked out of the playoffs at at the same time um you know, any sort of movement into the conference semifinals, the conference finals, you know, would, would be a welcome sight. Obviously, MLS Cup is the goal, but, um, you know, Peter Vermees is, is, is a fantastic manager. Um, I think that he does a really good job with, with uh, the academy and with the whole sporting fit system. Um, he, he can get stuck in his tactics a little bit. Um, obviously, he, he plays his 4-3-3. He's very committed to it. Um, but if you're going to play a 4-3-3, you need to have a, a, a good uh, number 10 who can sort of help distribute the ball, um, someone who, who the, the wingers can, can cut back inside to bring the ball into, um, someone who's, who's a, a, a creative uh, attacking midfielder who can make things happen. Um, in years past, that's, that's been Benny Failhaber. Um, Benny didn't really have that great of a season this year, to be honest. Um, he, he's getting older. Um, he's, he's 32. He's going to be 33. Um, he, he signed a new contract with Sporting KC. Um, there were some rumors that maybe he wasn't going to, um, come back, but look, you know, in, in 2016, Benny had seven goals and 13 assists in 2015, Benny had 10 goals and 15 assists this year. Uh, Benny only had five goals and, and three assists. Um, he had 20 more shots almost. Um, so his efficiency went way down, you know, 64 shots compared to 45 last year with, with two less goals. It's just not great. Um, but Dan Kuzer calling in right now. So I'm going to bring Dan in and, uh, get his thoughts on this as well. Dan, what's going on? No, you were busy hey. at work. I was busy at work cause I have a, uh, big boy job. That's right. And, you gotta uh, make that money. Yeah. I wanted to be here sooner, but I'm here now to, uh, grovel and sadness or is that a is that a right statement there are we are we still sad about the game last week it seems so long ago 
Yeah, it does seem so long ago. I think that's right. I mean, I've just spent about the last 10 minutes or so talking about how sad I am and uh, and talking about that game. So tell me, as, as you were watching, what, what was going through your mind as, as you saw it all unfold? <laughs> I just imagine people listening for 10 minutes and they're like, this guy's really sad. I think I'm I think I'm gonna shut it off. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really bringing me down. No, uh, man. First off, I, I gotta give a, a big shout out to last week's episode because it was, it was legit, man. I go back and listen to these, and I uh, like to make myself feel better, so I toot my own horn. <laughs> and I got one thing to say about the last week's episode is that I heard some paper in the background and. I turned to my wife and I said, that was you eating some effing popcorn. And she goes, uh, no, that was you unwrapping Starburst an inch away from the mic. And uh, so I'm sorry about that, listeners, if anyone heard my uh, fat ass eating some candy. Starbursts are going to get you, but they're vegan, yeah. right? No, I messed up, man. Oh, no. Starburst ain't vegan. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. I'm one of them vegans. Man, but uh, yeah, okay. Gonna get you. <laughs> Let's talk about the game. Um, gosh, going into this, you had high hopes, right? And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, why am I having high hopes? You need to. This isn't good. This isn't a good situation. You can't act like you haven't been here before. You know what I mean? Someone's got to step up, and nobody stepped up. I mean, there's no final third in that game. Yeah. And and. Uh, they got some off-season stuff to do. I mean, the off-season is going to be fun, I think. It's going to be really fun to hang out and uh, see things unfold and see see where it goes because we got we got some work to do. Um, and then that goal comes at the very end. And I got to tell you this, man. My I, I spoke to my dad the other day, and he said, you know, you'd be proud of me. I watched some uh, sporting Kansas City, and I was like, what? He He's not a soccer guy. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, what the hell, man? He's like, I feel like I just wasted three hours of my life. He's like, just for them to get a goal at the very end like that. And I was like, yeah, we, uh, we're we all pretty pissed too, Dad. Yeah, it's, welcome uh, to the last four years. Yeah, and I said, hey, you should listen to my podcast. Give us a review or something. And he's like, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we did get some good reviews. Thank you guys for the reviews that we've gotten as of late. Oh, Apparently the people did. love and want more of Splinter. I They do. He's, he's outside right now uh, trick-or-treating in his spaceship costume. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's ridiculous, dude. He's like a rocket ship, and that there's is... a little bear that sits on his back, and he is so mad to wear it. He hates it so much. That is the most adorable thing. <laughs> and I laugh maniacally. <laughs> oh my god! You should send a picture. We'll tweet it out to our followers. I will. I will definitely. <laughs> he's he's all the cute stuff. But uh, hey, what what happened to that goal at the end, though? Right? We all know the outcome of the game. One nothing. You went over it, and what happened? Did you see our defenders just kind of flop on the floor? I mean, Ike Opara, he just splits them, and, and he just puts the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. You know, honestly, at that point, it looked like they were just so tired. Um, and, yeah. And, and it looked like there, there really wasn't, you know, they just, they just didn't have any gas left. Um, I I have to say, as soon as it got into extra time, I was really worried. I, I thought if we were going to do it, um, we needed to do it in regular time. Um, yep. The longer that game went on the road, um, with with the poor form that that this team's been in as of late, I just I didn't have any confidence. And I know that Houston's got some dynamic attackers. Um, Albert Ellis scares me. Um, I'm I'm literally watching it right now. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, what uh, was it Sanchez? I think what what he did to uh, to Madronda was just dirty. Um, and yeah. and then he he got it to Ellis in the box who was wide open. And yeah, you're right. It uh, I kind of tried to intercept it and missed it, which which gave Ellis a, a clear shot from seven yards out with no one in front of him. And you know, Dykstra can't do anything there. Um, Dude, and some of the some of the common uh, commentary around, you know, the Twitter sphere and and the Facebook universe, and the, a lot of people think, you know, Melia, you know, oh, we didn't have Melia. You know what? Melia doesn't stop that ball, and and I don't think Melia really saves the end of our season like this. You know what I mean? I I think having him out to injury was not as big a blow as some people make it out to be. No, Dykstra is not the reason we lost that game. Dykstra had a good game. He had five saves. He's uh, yeah. Or four saves, I guess. Um, PK, though, man. He saved, saved that PK. He, I got so excited. He gave up that PK, but I don't blame him because it was a, a <laughs> He had to. There's no <laughs> other option. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, Dykstra wasn't the reason we lost that game. The reason we lost that game is because there was no offensive attack, and there hasn't been for the last five games of the regular season. And that's what I was I was saying right before you called in. You know, we brought in all these pieces. We brought in Gerso, brought in, brought in Latif. Um, called up uh, Daniel Sh- uh, Shallowy, uh, you know, and and all f- all for what? I mean, we Gerso was was the team's leading scorer on the year, and he had like eight goals, and most of them came in the first half oh, of the season. Dude, he was coming though, man. He was he was really pressing and had some some looks in this game. He was, and he's he's a he's a fast, dynamic player, and and mm-hmm. look, Peter kind of tried to temper expectations for him before the season i was really excited about him um you know and i asked peter about him a lot and peter kept being like yeah he's a dp but you know he's gonna have to take some time to adjust um you know he's never really been asked to score goals which we're gonna ask him to do here he's gonna have to to take some time to to figure that out which which he did and he won scary though like hey we're gonna you know you've never had to do this but uh could you do this right (laughs) yeah it's it's not his game um, and you could kind of tell, especially when he started the first few games, that it wasn't his game. He had some chances to put things away, and, sure. and just he couldn't. Um, but you know, he ended the year eight goals. This is the problem that that this is the thing that bugs me about Gerso, though, as a winger. He had two assists, um, and I think that's yeah. sort of indicative of of what Sporting KC's problem was: is that they didn't have guys on the wings who could, you know, be creative enough. And then I, right before you called, I was talking about Benny and his down year. Benny at number ten. I don't know what happened. If it's just age or what. But do but, we lose him? Do we lose him this year? You know, let me look up. Um, I got I got the contracts up right now. Who, who's coming back and, and who's not? Um, Benny is under contract for 2018. So unless the oh, team okay. moves him, um, we're, we're not going to lose him. The, the, or they have to buy him out, right? Right. So here, the, that's a good segue. Let's let's go over um, because I know. You know, I, I spent 10 minutes being sad about this game. Um, I totally planned that segue, by the way. <laughs> that was perfect. Well no, done. Not at all. Pro- professional. Um, <laughs> it's like we've been doing this for like six weeks. Um, Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we talked about the game. We, we lost. It's not great. Um, you know, the, the last two years, the team that beat Sporting KC in the knockout round ended up going on to win MLS Cup. Um, uh, there's no so, way this happens this year. Well, no, especially after, you know, they couldn't score any goal at home against Portland, so now they're yeah, heading, back, heading back to Portland um, with with no advantage. So it doesn't look good for Houston. Right. Um, 
But okay, so let's look at who what, what the contract situations are. Um, we'll start with keeper. Um, all three of the keepers that we have on the roster, uh, the team has an option for. So Dykstra, Amelia, and Zendejas. Um, I think of, they all stay. Yeah, the the one question I have is, is with Dykstra. I don't know if they think if they think they can find someone either through the, the draft or, or free agency that they're more comfortable with that they want to keep as depth, True. or if they call up Zendejas and let McLeod take over as the number one in SPR. I don't know. Um, but uh, he played most of the games for SPR anyways towards the end of the season. He did, yeah. Zendejas went and, and was in uh, in the net last weekend for um, the the playoff game against Sacramento Republic. But right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Dykstra is the only one I'm iffy on, but but I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. All three of them come back. Um, the defenders, out of contract, there's only one, Eric Palmer Brown, and we're all aware right. pretty much of what's going on with him. He's going to play sure. for uh, Manchester City. In theory, he'll probably get loaned out to like Fulham. But good for him though. Yeah. I, I don't hate him for doing that. You got to do that. Oh yeah, no, good good for him. And you know, it'll it'll be good to challenge himself he went over and played in, in portugal for a while had a good time in yeah. the second division there um hey you know props to him skc will, will retain his mls rights if for whatever reason it doesn't work out he wants to come back mm-hmm. always an option but he'll, he'll go test himself um the team has an option on sad abdul salam which you got to bring him back i think take it yeah um, i like him amr didich um which mm. I think just for pure depth, you got to bring him back, and yep. we can talk about that in a second. Um, Ike, got, I mean, you got to bring Ike back. Uh, sure. He's probably he's not even 30, is he? He's 28. 28, he's, okay. He's I was not like, old. He's still got years. He, I mean, he, he had the concussion this year, but this was by far his best season. He, he didn't hurt his <laughs> legs. wise too. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's probably going to win Defender of the Year. Uh, Dude, so, that'd be great. Like hey, Ike. we got... Uh, we need to, we need to touch on that too. We actually got a question on the Facebook, um, talking about uh, uh, wanting us to talk about MLS Defender of the Year and Goalkeeper of the Year and who they're up against and and who should win that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if we have time. Oh yeah, we got. I got it on the list. I made a list this time because oh, nice, we are dude. getting official. So I have a list too, man, of like pizza places I want to visit. That's also important, especially <laughs> when you live in Chicago. That is so, true. Um, so yeah, I think they got to bring Ike back. Um, Tyler Pasher, um, we didn't see a like lot him. of him this year, but but I really like him. He's interesting. He's listed as a defender. He actually played uh, left wing for for he SPR. Can do uh, he's like a Jimmy Madronda. He is. He's really dynamic and he's fast, dude. He, he is run. so fast. Um, so I, I think they'll bring him back. Um, Seth Sinovic, he's he's getting a, a little older, but I think they bring him back at least for another year. I don't think the window's closed on him at all, and he had a fantastic comeback year. I actually thought he should have been in consideration for comeback player of the year, considering the injuries he struggled with last year. Unfortunately, he wasn't in there. But um, right, do you, I mean you like Seth too? I do, I do. It's uh, it'll be interesting, man. There's gonna be some kind of shakeup this December, and I yeah, something crazy is gonna happen, like the Brad Davis coming to Kansas City thing. Like it's yeah, something weird's gonna happen I, this year. I think that might happen in the midfield, and, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, mm-hmm. Colton Storm team has an option for him too, and I honestly, I, I don't have enough information about him if I'm being totally honest. I, he, He's a beast. He, he didn't play for for SKC really this year, but but he played for for Swope Park. I, I think he's been starting quite a bit for Swope Park. So just about every game. I'd be I'd be shocked if they didn't give him at least another year. He's he's relatively young. I don't think they give up on him just after one year. Oh, he's right out of college, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, under contract for next year, we got four defenders. Beasler, obviously, he's coming back. He's not going anywhere. Graham Zusi, 
He's coming back. He's not going anywhere. Jalen Lindsey, uh, a younger, homegrown academy kid. Um, he's not Plays going right any- back. Yeah, he's he's not going anywhere. Um, he'll probably play more with SPR if probably. anything next year because right back's kind of crowded with Zusi and Saad. Um, but you know, with Zusi getting older, I like having that that depth, that pipeline already going um, mm-hmm. between Lindsey and uh, and Colton Storm. Um, we, we got some options there. The fourth one that's under contract, and this is the one that's so confusing because I literally am still confused about what happened, is Kevin Ellis. Um, he's under contract? He's under contract. This is according to the Kansas City Star. They, they're, they're listing all the people under contract. That's um, so weird. And and technically, he wasn't ever actually suspended. I know we touched on that earlier. Sporting KC doesn't have the ability to suspend people. Only the league does, so he could have come back at any time. But I think it's also pretty common that people think he's never playing for sporting kc ever again dude um, we gotta get like we gotta get like an exclusive on this all right I, we're facebook friends <laughs> i'll reach out to him okay okay see it see if you can get something um, i'm sure he'll totally tell me everything yeah he'll, he'll open up over facebook because <laughs> social media is the the way to to tell in-depth detailed sensitive things um well every so, time i see him like hanging out or whatever he'll post pictures i want to be like hey what happened <laughs> yeah he's probably out hunting or something so hopefully you can oh, get a hold of us but um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he, he's got, this could be interesting and I don't, this is total speculation. And I don't even know if it would fit in with their plans, but, um, there's going to be an expansion draft of five rounds for oh, LAFC. Um, I wonder if they look at a guy like Kevin Ellis, who, who's played well at times and has a lot of experience if they need to, to bring in someone to help along their back line. I don't know. He doesn't strike me as the LA kind of guy. So maybe not, as I'm thinking this out. Not a lot of hunting in L.A. Um, yeah, he doesn't like that L.A. lifestyle. But who knows? Um, interesting. Midfield. This is where I think things start to get interesting. So nobody's out of contract for next year, which is strange. Mm-hmm. Here are the people that we have options for, and I'm going to start with the first three, and then the fourth one I think is most interesting. Okay. Kevin Oliveira. We have a team option for. I, I don't see them cutting ties with him after they just signed him to a first team contract, and and right. he's he's maybe the number ten of the future. Um, he's broke into the lineup, yeah. Yeah, Sonny Mustavar. He's one I don't know about. Um, I don't know either. They might have phased him out. He he he's good to have for depth, but he's an expensive depth player. He makes close to like three hundred thousand a year. So, mm. um, and and Ilya is under contract for next year. So I don't I don't know if dig it. Sonny's gonna gonna make it back in, especially with this next guy, James Musa, who they just signed to a first team contract last year. Moose. Big center defensive uh, midfielder who can also play center back if need be because he's freaking huge. He can strike um, the ball too. He has a shot. Yeah, so I I think they pick up Musa. I don't know if they pick up Sonny to be honest. Even though I like Sonny, he's a good guy. No, I think Mustafar is going Mustafar far away. <laughs> that was expertly done. Well yeah, done, I'll try. I'll try another one later. <laughs> that was bad. Here's the one that I'm I'm really honestly confused about, and I don't know. Roger Espinoza, team's got an option option for him for 2018, but he is listed as a designated player. He's supposed uh-huh. to make like nine hundred thousand dollars next year. He's the team's most expensive guy on the roster. Um, did you know? I, he's never going to be a goal-scoring guy, but did he do enough this year to warrant a DP spot and almost a million dollars a year? Or, or do they have to look at him and say, "Hey, Roger, you know, we we want to bring you back, but we got to look at this contract because you know, nine hundred thousand dollars—that's a lot for one player." 
I don't know if he's done enough. I mean, they might just say, you know, I, I don't think he would he'd take a pay cut. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's gonna. I be mean, tough. who would? No one wants to. It's a, yeah, and and I don't know. That one's that one's gonna be so hard. Like I, I feel it it's it's weird, and I can't really imagine him playing for any other MLS team. Like he in theory fits in Peter Vermees system so well because he's so physical. He's got such a high motor, but nine hundred thousand dollars for a relatively old box-to-box player who's who's kind of on the downturn. I mean, think of think of what you could do with that money. Think of what you could do with that DP spot. Um, that's that's hard you know to what justify. I do with that money. <laughs> what would you do with that money? Strippers. Okay. Well. Okay. We'll move on. <laughs> Moving to who's under contract for 2018. <laughs> uh, we got we got three people under contract for 2018. Uh, Ilya, love him. Jimmy Madronda, love him. Best name on the team, um, and then Benny Failhaber. Um, he's he's the the you know he's not going anywhere because he's under contract. But um, right, I almost wonder if you start looking at Benny as more of a, a super sub as he gets older. Um, I didn't. I don't know, man. I, I don't know if they'll. Uh, he needs to find his form again. Like it was. He wasn't bad. I mean, he still did things, but it's just he wasn't the Benny that we've seen the past few years. You know. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, he looked frustrated, to be honest, and and maybe yeah. that maybe that contributes to why he took um, by far and away the most shots of his career. I mean, he took 64 shots this year. The next highest in his career was was 48. Um, so that's a huge spike. 19 more shots this year than last year to score less goals, and he had three assists compared to 13 last year, and he didn't play that many less minutes. Um, so. I, I don't know. Maybe he was just frustrated with the lack of scoring, and, and we've we've seen Benny do this before. If, if things aren't going how they should, he kind of takes it upon himself to just start firing rockets in from outside the box. Um, I'd have to go back and look. Maybe he started doing that more this year just out of frustration, and, and they just weren't falling. But, yeah, he's he's got to find his form in, in some way. Um, for, for forwards, the last position group, uh, only one person out of contract, Cameron Porter. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they bring him back. To be honest, he he hasn't really done much outside of play in the early rounds of the CCL. Right. I don't. They might cut Porter loose. Yeah. Uh, team option. Um, Daniel Shaloey. Uh, gotta Stop. gotta think he's coming back. I mean, Shaloey, dude. It's Daniel Shaloey. Oh, did I say? Sh- oh, I did. You did. What do you do it? Oh no. <laughs> Oh. I thought you were trying to piss me off, and it worked. Shame on me. <laughs> oh, please accept my deepest apologies. Uh, he will <laughs> not. He will not. We'll see. I, I already congratulated him and said his name correctly earlier Ooh, this year. On getting did he his, like his internet uh, international call up? Well, I don't know. He hasn't listened to our podcast yet, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'll. Uh, He'll listen. He, he does listen. I'm sure he listens. Um, <laughs> Daniel so, Shallowy. Daniel Shallowy. Jeez. That's gonna that's gonna <laughs> give me give me nightmares tonight. Um, oh, I can't wait. Cam Cam Iwasa, I, I don't know about him to be honest. I, yeah, who? Yeah, he's what is, I don't know if he's done. He hasn't even really played in SPR hardly. Um, no. So I think he's probably gone. Um, and also he is a Raiders fan, so he can just oh. go to Oakland. Um, Get out of here. <laughs> and then uh, Carlton Belmar, um, who I love that dude. Um, I dig him. He, he's good. So, um, under contract, a, a lot of people, um, and I honestly think they're they're 
maybe going to move one or two of them, but who knows? Latif, uh, Gianluca Buzio, the kid, um, who's not going to play next year, but they... Gianluca. Gianluca. Um, yeah, Gerso. Um, Christian Lobato, who, I don't know, it, it'll be interesting. He, I think he got better as the season went on, got a little bit more comfortable. Um, Diego Rubio and Suni Saad. So uh, there were rumors even in the middle of the year that, that Suni might be thinking of trying to get back to Thailand from what I was hearing. Um, nah, he'll go down to Orlando so he can snuggle up with Dom. Yeah, but then Dom's just going to leave nah. him and go to Europe. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> Dom already, you know, in that article that the Orlando Sentinel had about Kyle Laren saying he wants to leave, they had a quote that was kind of snuck in there where Dom was like, yeah, you know, my contract... Um, it's out of my hands. My, it's out of my hands. My agent's working on it, but honestly, at this point, I don't know if something's going to get done. And I was like, damn, $1.6 for half a season of Dom. Dude, um, this might be a Dom-hater podcast. We, uh, <laughs> it's hard to transition away from that. It's kind of fun, but yeah. that, we seem to touch on it every 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 other yeah. episode here. I'll, I'll give them credit. They tweeted out a picture of their family dressed as, like, Super Mario you know, Dom was Mario, Sydney uh, LaRue Dwyer was Luigi, which is a little strange. Oh, Dom, dude, they're, uh, they're the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air tonight. Are they? Well, I was going to yeah. say Cassius as Yoshi was the most adorable thing I've ever seen. Um, that is funny. He makes a very good Yoshi. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, that's sort of the contract situation. A lot of people under contract, a lot of people um, with, with options, there's only two people technically that are out of contract in EPB and, and Cameron Porter, but this team, I mean, I don't know. What do you, th- I, I don't think they're going to blow it up and start over. Do you No, but I do see a lot of changes happening. I, I could see someone coming in and maybe forces Daniel shallowy to the bench again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe we see less and less of shallowy. Um, I think that whole attacking third is going to get a revamp. It'll, it's going to definitely be an interesting offseason for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I saw some people suggest, hey, maybe they uh, look at, at, at moving someone like a Gerso. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think they may try to buy his contract down with uh, some of that uh, fat pile of uh, gam and tan that they got from the Dom deal because I, I don't know mm-hmm. if he's honestly worth that, that DP tag. Um, they could do that, that sexy gam and tam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Right now, our three DPs are, are Jerso, Roger, and uh, it's either Beasler or Zussi. I don't remember which one. One of them, is it? I, either way, um, you know, when you look at what some of the other DPs across the league are, are doing, um, you'd like to get a little bit more production out of your DPs. And I know this ownership group is never going to be the type that's going to go out and drop like $8 million a year on a Giovinco. I don't think they have to, but... You know, it, it, it would be nice to see them bring in somebody, spend a little bit of cash, find find an attacking threat that can really make a difference, don't you think? That would be crazy. I mean, someone that's just, like, playing in the EPL or something, they transfer over here, and we're just, that's just not us. That's not the way they do things. And, you know, they, they view the playoffs as a victory. I mean, you, you made the playoffs, that's great. Because there are five other teams per conference that did not and that do not consistently make it. So, you know, you want to say, yeah, seven years, every seven years. I mean, we've made this playoffs for seven years. And what, won, won the cup, uh, won MLS Cup one of them? I mean, that's 
that's fine. Most most teams would kill for that. I mean, you look at uh, you know story history programs such as like Kansas basketball. I mean, they won the championship back in 2008. It's been 10 years. Are people very upset because they can't seem to win another one? I mean, sure, diehard fans are, but I mean, it's it's just not feasible. It's not always going to happen. Yeah, I think the frustration is, and I kind of share it. You'd like to see some improvement in the four-year period, um, and that's that's what I was touching on a little bit earlier before you were able to call in. Like, hey, if you can even get to a conference semifinal or a conference final, it's not the goal, but at least you're farther than you've been the last four years. When you start doing the same thing yeah. year after year after year, that's when I think the fans get a little discontent, um, and and they just want to see improvement. Um, just not doing the same thing over and over and not changing anything. So. Well, and that's where I'm at here. Like they say, yeah, we made the playoffs, you know, seven years in a row. Well, yeah, the last four was a first round knockout round exit. You know what I mean? That's over half of your your playoff um, entries there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I hear you. Um, I do think you know if you look at what I think the team needs are, I think like you said up. In the attack, there's definitely needs there. I think they're going to make a center forward their A number one priority. I think they like Diego Rubio. I don't think anyone really thinks, at least right now, uh, and especially after the year um, that we just had, that he can be that number one, you know, number mm-hmm. nine up top right now. It's it's just not not in the cards for him, at least right now. So I, think I like Bal- him. He's adorable, but he's just not the one. <laughs> I do like him, and he's he's good off the bench because he's feisty. But um, yeah. I think they're they're going to have to bring in somebody there, and you know that back line, especially center back, they they got to bring in somebody for depth probably because you 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 really got Beasler and Didich and Opara, and and that's yeah because you've lost EPB and and probably Kevin Ellis. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, you can have someone like Musa come in and play if necessary, um, but that's not that's not ideal. That's kind of what they did with Lawrence Olam when they needed to, but but you didn't want to do that necessarily, so. I think right. they'll they'll look maybe in the free agent market, see if they can find an, an experienced center back who can come in, um, add a little depth because obviously Beasler and Apar are, are, are the, the top two. So we're not looking for a starter, we're looking for for some depth. Um, exactly. So I think that's where uh, where they'll need to, to focus. But speaking of, you you mentioned this a little earlier. We did get that question about. Um, what we think of uh, Opara and, and Melia's nominations for some of these awards. So uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's get to that. Um, Ike was one of the final or is one of the final three uh, players up for Defender of the Year. It's Ike Opara, obviously. Uh, Justin Morrow of Toronto FC and Kendall Lawson Boo of uh, <laughs> Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, so, I mean, what are your thoughts there? Um, I, I don't. I don't like Kendall Waston. I mean, I don't know if it's for personal reasons or what, or that you know, white caps players are putting people in headlocks. I, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. Um, but I think I think Ike has to do it. I mean, I think he's even a candidate for goal of the year with his bicycle. Kick. He is. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that'd be amazing to do both of those. And I, I don't I don't know. I don't see Justin Morrow getting it. But what are the what are the stats like? How do they even rank them up against each other well see that's the thing the, the defensive stats are, are hard to, to come by especially for right. mls because not passes. a lot of people actually track them i've been trying i've been trying to look them up and i found some that i'm not that confident in but i got some from whoscored.com um right and, and ike has he does have 
incredible stats. Um, he's got 1.7 um, tackles per game, 2.3 interceptions per game, 3.8 clearances per game, half a block per game. I mean, without context, that doesn't mean a lot, but he's got, um, you know, almost a full interception more per game than, than Morrow, uh, almost two and a half more clearances, um, more blocks, um, you know, Waston has him on clearances, but, but that's about it. So, um, I think when you look at those stats, assuming they're halfway accurate and the fact that sporting KC's defense was hands down the best in MLS this year, they, they allowed only 29 goals and anyone who's got eyeballs that's been watching games could see that Ike was a clear part of that. Um, I, I mean, I think it's got to go to Ike and mo and to be honest, most of the, the media members who I've seen that have shared their ballots who voted, have voted for Ike. I haven't seen a single person who hasn't voted for Ike. Um, That's yeah, it's gonna happen, and he deserves it because he he came right, came back into this year hard, man. Came back stronger than ever, and and I I, I just hope we get a few more seasons out of him before he really hurts himself. Yeah. Um, the other one uh, is a goalkeeper of the year. Uh, this will be tougher. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna hit you with some stats that might say maybe it's not oh, quite so tough. So hit me. Um, the, the three nominees are Andre Blake from the Union, um, who that dude's going to be good. Um, yep. Stefan Fry from the Seattle Sounders, who I dislike. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, Tim Melia of uh, Sporting KC. Um, so here, here's the thing. Here's why I think it's actually not as close as a lot of people think. Sure, yes, Stefan Fry technically had three more shutouts than um, Tim Melia. Fry had 13, Amelia's 10, I believe. Um, That's not all on the keeper, though. No, it's not all on the keeper. But but this this is right here, um, at least mostly on the keeper. So um, there's a site, I don't know how many of you all know about it, but it's pretty good for some advanced soccer analytics. going to get a little nerdy here right now. AmericanSoccerAnalysis.com. <laughs> Um, they, they're, like, really into expected goals. and, oh, and I do the a ASA, lot. huh? Yeah, ASA, I love them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, 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 there's some good stuff that they got there, though. Um, you know, passion, passing charts, expected goals by team, by players. Um, they did a whole thing on like, okay, we're trying to account for the schedules and they're unbalanced. Who's actually the best and who's the worst? It's really interesting. Well, they uh, they got a they got a table for expected goals by keeper. Um, basically, what that means is, okay, well, let's look at how many goals they allowed and based off of expected goals, which. Um, Essentially what that is is like, okay, well, based on where the shot was from the field and, and who took it and, and situationally, you know, like, do you expect it to go in? And there's all sorts of numbers that go into assigning that a value. So it, they list that Tim Melia sh should have allowed, based on expected goals, 34 goals on the year. What Tim Melia actually allowed was 23, which means he allowed more than 11 goals less than what would be expected his his goals allowed to expected goals allowed is negative 11 okay we're, we're doing some math here you want to know who second place is brad gazan and it's negative three <clears throat> which means okay. that that melia has more almost triple um what the second place person is and the goals allowed to expect the goals ratio and, and it's a little nerdy and i might have lost some people there but essentially it's it's math that shows that melia is by far the best goalkeeper as far as keeping out goals that he shouldn't um, and, and making crazy saves. So I, uh, I, I, think, okay. I think that 
Tim's got it hands down. You, so. you made your case, and I, I think deservedly so. The man's worked really hard to be where he is and, uh, you know, deserves it. Yeah. So, um, hey, you know, again, similar to, to Ike, I've seen a lot of uh, media members tweet out their ballots, and, and I have yet to see a single person um, vote for anyone except Tim Melia. The only person who I've seen call for uh, Stefan Fry to win it is the uh, director of marketing for the Seattle Sounders. So, not gonna mm. put a lot of stock into his opinion on I'm that a one. Biased. Maybe like our opinion. I mean, <laughs> what's, right. what's ours mean for yeah, Tim there? I used math and science. Dude, the so, ASA man comes through right. every time. That's right. Um, so, so yeah. Um, Sporting KC out once again. Playoffs will go on. Um, you know, we it's got, gonna be okay. You know, we got we got some things planned to keep this podcast rolling through the. Uh, through the playoffs and through the off season, and you, you got to think this is the reason I love soccer is because the off season is kind of non-existent. I mean, we're going to start preseason at the end of January. Yeah, well, and there, uh, I, I don't know if this is official or not, but but I saw rumblings of the expansion draft for LAFC on December twelfth, which is only three days after MLS Cup. That's and probably like, right. Like it'd be like within the week after that, then you got the Super Draft. Um, and then you got Christmas and New Year's, and then it's January, and you start talking about preseason coming up. So yeah, um, you know, there's con- no shortage of things to talk about. That's for damn sure. No, and there will be Concacaf Champions League, which I don't think Sporting KC is actually in this next one. No. I think they're in the following one because it's weird. Right. But some MLS, I think the Rapids are in it, which is weird because um, they were so bad. But last year they were randomly good. I don't know, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll keep up with uh, with the rest of MLS Cup playoffs. Um, we'll uh, we'll maybe bring on some guests. Um, yeah, we're, we want to talk to some supporters. So you know, hey, if you got a a good story that you want to tell, um, hit us up on uh, on Twitter. Send us an email. Send us a message on Facebook. Maybe we'll bring you on. Um, we we want to. We're we're a fan run podcast. We want to talk to other fans. So um, this doesn't just need to be a couple of guys on here talking just to ourselves. We want to hear from you guys. So. Um, shoot us some tweets. Let us know what you want to talk about. Yeah, man, you got at you got at no other pod and no other pod at gmail dot com and come give uh, no other pod on Facebook a like. That's Sometimes right. Sometimes we post uh, funny memes and gifts. <laughs> That's right. Got to. Uh, it's, it's what the kids like these days. So. And you know, like what you said, we got uh, we got a couple of decent reviews and ratings. I mean. It, it's one thing to get a five-star rating, but it, it means the world that you took the time out of your busy day to actually actually write us something nice. And it makes it made me feel really good. I was like, wow, man, this is this is cool. You know, people are actually listening to two guys who think they know a little bit about soccer. And, uh, you know, they, they agree with us. Maybe some people disagree online. And it's just it, – it's creating a conversation. And it's a lot of fun. And we want to keep doing it. And – we just need more ratings and reviews, of course. Um, the more, the better. If you want to click that five stars and, and leave us a little review, if, if I if I curse too much, um, let me know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if we have to pret, put explicit on here because I say say the uh, arse word or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know. So far, so good. We haven't received any Perfect. fines from uh, from the FCC. Um, yeah. I've, so. I've, refer, I've refrained from f bombs, and that's tough to do, but I do it for you, man. There you go. Hey, good looking out. Um, I don't care, to be honest. But <laughs> um, So, yeah, let us know uh, what you all want to talk about real quick. Um, 
come on out to Swope Park this Saturday night, 7.30. Yes. Big, big uh, Western Conference final in the USL hosting Oklahoma fun. City Energy. Um, Jimmy seven, Nielsen, dude. He's played in that stadium, and he gets to coach in that stadium. That's right. So uh, it, it'll be good. I was there last week with our uh, our Snapchat. So uh, yeah. maybe, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll do that again. Um, so we're uh, we're gonna be looking for Swope Park to uh, win back to back Western Conference Finals and uh, get back to USL Cup playoffs. Uh, excuse me, first USL team to Cup do that. Final first team to do that, and it would kind of be fun to kind of stick it to the USL after their whole stupid uh, home game, not home game. Okay, nah, fine, you can have. The we home didn't game. get to touch on that, did we? No, um, that's we, all right. It, it, we will, we'll bring it up. But we got we got time, so absolutely. Because um, you got to go trick or treating or something, right? I I got to go. Uh, we're gonna go eat dinner, and then yeah, we got a, a little bit of Halloween plans. So um, we'll yeah, uh, we're uh, gonna go have some fun tonight, but um, not too much. What's fun. your costume? Um, sad sporting KC fan. Dude, there's a lot <laughs> of those lately. Yeah, I know. I keep seeing people be like, oh, we're dressed the same. Um, hey, you know, I kind of trolled an Atlanta fan on Twitter the other day. He said, I'm going to go as a sad Atlanta United fan f- for Halloween. And I said, dude, be more original, all right? That's like this year's Harley Quinn. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I did I did love seeing, for, you know, hey, Atlanta's fun to watch. I, I'm not going to lie. I like to see him get knocked down a peg a bit. Um, yeah, I did too. And, and hey, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the crew go all the way just to kind of stick it yeah. to their ownership group a little bit, too. They're, they're Misery super- loves company, man. I, I can talk to those Atlanta fans and be like, hey, let's go let's go over here. Let's be pissed off together, all right? Let's all cry. Yeah. Yeah, although I saw someone today say that Giovinco is literally the best in the entire world at free kicks. And I was like, I okay. I saw that. Let's, and you stuck it to him. Let's not be so hyperbolic. I mean, there's yeah, people out you're ridiculous. there like Messi. Um, Pae, yeah. panic. I mean, come on. But Even hey, Ronaldo, dude. Ronaldo, yeah, he's good. And I actually, I'm not going to nerd out anymore, but I went and I got stats to prove it. So come at me if you think Giovinco's the best, and I'll hit you with some stats. So. <laughs> we got we got Sally stats over here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Analytics McGee. So um, <laughs> anyway, we'll uh, hit us up on, on Twitter, Facebook, email, uh, at jcmax03, at dancuser, at nootherpod, nootherpod at gmail.com. Um, and hey, in the meantime, we'll, ratings, uh, reviews, everything. Ratings, reviews. That's right. But um, in the meantime, we'll send you out as always to the musical stylings of St. Joe, Missouri band Radke. I'm Jimmy. He's Dan. We'll talk to y'all later. See ya. Thank you, guys. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.